is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Well, good morning. Well, it's great to see you. Happy Easter. It's really good to, uh, to celebrate Jesus together, isn't it? Don't you think? Just such a wonderful time to celebrate the good news of the message of the gospel. And that's what we're going to consider this morning. We're going to consider the good news about Jesus. We've been singing about it. Uh, we've been praying about it. And uh, we're going to spend a few moments this morning looking at what the Bible has to say about the good news uh, uh, about Jesus. And uh, I've been thinking uh, just in the last couple of weeks or so, uh, really about the story we find in Luke chapter 24. If you've got a Bible with you, uh, you can turn to Luke 24. We'll look at it uh, in just a moment. And that's actually the story we saw on the video earlier. And that was the, uh, the animated version. I'm going to give you a slightly less animated version, perhaps, as we read it together uh, in a moment. Uh, but it has got me very excited looking at this passage in the last few weeks and, uh, and thinking about today and thinking about us celebrating Easter together. So we saw the story uh, on the screen earlier. We saw that, uh, that version of it. But let's read the Bible version of it. We find it in Luke chapter 24. And we're going to start reading at verse 13. And this is, if this is a, a new uh, account for you, then you'll, have, you'll see that it ties in with what we saw earlier. Uh, you may well have read this or heard it before, and that's, that's fine as well. So Luke 24, verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days. What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things? And then enter his glory. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explains them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening, the day is almost over. 
So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it's true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus recognised them, was recognised by them when he broke the bread. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this wonderful Easter Sunday. We thank you for your death and your resurrection as we're going to look at in these moments together. And we pray now as we consider this this appearance in the, on this road to Emmaus, we, we pray that you would speak to us. And Lord Jesus, just as you appeared to those early disciples, you would appear to us this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So, um, in this account we find here in Luke 24, these two disciples are heading out for a walk and they're pondering the events of recent days. And you know what it's like, don't you? When you go for a walk, you tend to start chatting about what's going on in life and what's been happening. And they're obviously talking about the most important thing to them in this moment. They're talking about what's been happening over these recent days and what they'd hoped would happen and what seemingly to them hasn't happened. And they're talking about it together when they're suddenly joined by another traveller along the road. And they start to talk about these things uh, between them. And they explain to their mysterious guest what's been happening. Haven't you heard? Are you the only one in Jerusalem who, who hasn't heard about this? They can't believe it as somebody's missed the news. And they start to explain to him what's, what's been going on. And um, they tell him about Jesus of Nazareth. And Luke here records a small snippet for us, really, of the gospel. And of what they expected would happen. They haven't quite seen the whole picture yet, and we'll get to see it in a moment. But they start to explain to this third traveller along the road, what's been happening, and the good news, as they saw it, about Jesus, and how they haven't quite seen all of it yet, because they haven't quite got the whole picture, but they were about to very shortly. We can look back and go, oh, I can see it coming, but for them, they were still wondering what was going on. But Lou records for us, really part of the gospel here, let me summarise it for you. We're talking about Easter this weekend, obviously. But right at the very beginning of the Bible, it's made really clear to us, right in the book of Genesis, the very first book we read, we're told that God creates men and women for a relationship with himself. Now, actually, it's not that God needed anybody else. But he chose to create men and women, and chose to have relationship with them. And he gives them some amazing freedom and liberty to make decisions and choices for themselves. He gives them all of creation to enjoy. They're meant to be in fellowship with him and, and walking with him, in relationship with him. That's how God has designed it to be. 
that Adam and Eve disobeyed God. And into the previously perfect world, sin came. And that meant that there was now a chasm, a gap between mankind and God. That relationship that God created couldn't happen in the same way anymore. You've got a holy God and you've got men and women that have rebelled and sinned against him. And so there's this great gap in relationship between God and man. Nothing would ever be the same again. So mankind now is under God's judgment because of their sin and rebellion. And nothing that man could do would solve it. Nothing that men and women could do would would put it right. It would take only God to do something to put it right. And what we celebrate about Easter, what we celebrate at this time of year, the good news of the gospel, is that God did something to restore that relationship. Isn't that good? Isn't that good news that God did something? We couldn't repair it. We couldn't solve it. You and I couldn't put it right, but God could and God did. Hallelujah. And actually, it didn't take God by surprise. He had a plan. And his plan was to restore that broken relationship. He could do it by only one way, by sending his son, Jesus Christ, into the world for him to live a perfect life and then to die this horrific death, for him to take on himself the punishment of God, to stand in our place. says this in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This was his gift. If you were fortunate this morning, you may have been given some chocolate. You may have been given an egg or two. You may have eaten it already before breakfast. Or like one of my unnamed children, ate it instead of breakfast. You can take a guess who that might be. But God gives the very best gift. He gives the gift of his son. And so Jesus comes, born as a baby, living a perfect, sinless life. The Son of God in human flesh. The only man who has never sinned, never done anything wrong. Spends around three years preaching, telling people the good news of Jesus, healing the sick, calling people to follow him. And then he's arrested on false charges, whipped, tortured, and cruelly crucified. And Jesus dies an agonizing death. His body's taken down from the cross and laid in an empty tomb. It's made secure and guards are posted on it. And that's as much as these two travelers knew. For them, the story had ended there. That's all they knew. That's what they were discussing together but they haven't seen the end of the story they haven't seen how it ends they haven't seen what happens what's about to happen in front of their very eyes so for them they're not celebrating they're not happy it's probably quite a sad conversation 
It's probably, they're probably quite dejected about it. You know, they're probably quite miserable. Their hopes and their expectation appear to have been dashed by it all. And they're wondering and talking together, thinking, what was all that about? We thought it was going to end differently, and it's ended with Jesus dying. And how can that be? And they're trying to make sense of it all. And they're pretty sad about it. Maybe that would describe you this morning. Maybe for you, life hasn't worked out as expected. Maybe you had some hopes and dreams that haven't been quite fulfilled as you wish they were. Maybe you think, actually, something is missing. Something doesn't quite make sense. But you can't really put your finger on what it is. Do you desperately want there to be more, but are not really sure what that more is? Have you ever said, you know what, there's got to be more to life than this. There must be more to life than this. Well, listen, I've got some news. And it's some good news. There is more to life than this. Amen? There really is. The story doesn't end there. Although for these two disciples, that's all they knew at the moment. We'll see in a second that they get, they get the revelation on it. But it doesn't end there. It's not where it finishes. We went back to Luke 24 and read the previous verses. Listen to what Luke tells us. This is after the death of Jesus on the cross. It's now the first day of the week. Very early in the morning, so it's three days later. Very early in the morning, the women took the spices they prepared and went to the tomb. They were going to anoint Jesus' body, as was the, as was the custom. They couldn't, couldn't do it the day before. It was the, the Sabbath day, so they were resting. So this, was, this was their first opportunity to get to the body of Jesus and Anoint it, as was their, their custom. And so they go. They take the spices they have prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. When they entered, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Something had happened. Something had changed. Jesus was no longer dead. He was alive. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, indeed. So the women go to the tomb expecting to find the dead body of Jesus. But the tomb's empty. Jesus isn't there. And suddenly what 
reports call angels appear. And they tell them that Jesus is not there. That's a great line, isn't it? Why do you look for the living among the dead? The women had assumed that Jesus was still dead. It's not an unreasonable assumption, to be fair. Seeing as the Romans had crucified him, they were good at lots of things. Killing people was one of their particular expertise. So they went expecting to find the very dead body of Jesus. There's no way. Sometimes I've heard people say, maybe Jesus didn't really die. Listen, the Romans were really good at killing people and making sure that what they'd started was going to be finished. There's no way they would have let Jesus not die. They went expecting a very dead body. And they find angels saying, why do you look for the living among the dead? It's news that changes everything. And it's news that's significant because it points to the resurrection of Jesus. And it changes absolutely everything. Jesus did what you and I couldn't do. He lived a perfect and sinless life, died a perfect and sinless death. And in so doing, took on himself the punishment that should have been yours and should have been mine. Jesus died in your place. Jesus died in my place. It was just last week, wasn't it, I think, we had that news of the terrible armed siege in southern France. Do you remember seeing this in, in the news? And we learned about that heroic French police officer, Arnold Beltran, who swapped himself for a hostage so that somebody else could go free. And in so doing, tragically, he lost his life. He literally gave his life for another. And all of France and news outlets around the world rightly called him heroic. And he was. Listen to what the Bible says in Romans 5. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Someone died in your place. Jesus died in your place. He died for you. And that's the message of Easter. That's the message of the gospel. But it doesn't end there because Jesus rose again. Hallelujah. So let's think for a moment about our journeying disciples on their walk. You know, I love this story. It's a great story of what's, what's happening. And the two disciples, Cleopas and the other one, who isn't named, unfortunately, are downcast. They haven't heard the news. They only know half of the story. They've seen Jesus crucified. They've heard rumours about something has changed, but they haven't seen anything for themselves. They can't make sense of it. They're living in Friday. That's all they know. They're living in Friday. 
when Jesus was crucified. They don't realise that he's been raised from the dead. The amazing, life-changing, world-shaking, 2,000 year later, still incredible news, they don't know it. Maybe that's like you. Maybe you're still living in Friday. Maybe you haven't heard the good news before. Maybe it hasn't made sense to you before. Maybe you haven't yet discovered for yourself this wonderful, amazing good news about Jesus. So this Easter time, rather than just receive chocolate, though that is good, you could take some steps to receiving the very good news about Jesus. He gave his life so that you could have life in all its fullness now and life everlasting when you die. Jesus died to forgive everything you've ever done that's wrong, everything the Bible calls sin, that which gets in the way between you and God. He paid the price. And as we've said, it didn't end with his death because he rose again. You can be sure this morning of your eternal destiny even before you walk out of those doors in a few moments. And maybe for you, you're thinking, well, I've heard about it, but it doesn't yet quite make sense. I've still got some more questions. I haven't managed to piece it all together in my own mind yet. Maybe that would describe you. Well, the Alpha course that Ray talked about earlier would be a great course for you to do. Over a few weeks, it just explores some of the truths of the Christian faith and gives you an opportunity to ask questions. Any question is allowed. There's an opportunity to hear more, to talk, to ask questions, and discover this good news for yourself. And if you'd like to find out more about that, I want to encourage you, take your, the Keep In Touch card that you would have got this morning, or that there's out on the table in the foyer, put your details on the one side, and tick the box that says... Uh, I'd be interested to join Alpha on the back and we'll get in touch with you and let you know when it starts. And maybe for you, that would be a great next step because that would give you a chance to explore a little bit more. Maybe you think, oh, actually, I'd like something to read. Well, you can come and take one of these booklets from the front here or the table in the foyer that says, Why Jesus? And that tells you a little bit more about the good news that we've been talking about this morning. And... Um, you can take one of those. They're available free of charge. I want to encourage you, if you're asking questions this morning, if you think you're, yeah, you're on that journey, it's like you're one of those disciples, you, you've heard some stuff, but it hasn't quite yet made sense to you. I want to encourage you, take the next step, ask some questions, and find out for yourself the good news about Jesus. Now, my guess for most of us here this morning is you've heard this message before. Maybe for some of you, you've lost count of how many Easter Sunday services you have been in. I don't think any of you are in three figures yet. One or two are close, but uh, you're not there. You're not there yet. <laughs> Maybe you've been in church for years. Maybe you've heard messages like this on many times. Maybe you can remember or more likely have forgotten many Easter sermons. <laughs> but I think we need reminding that most of our friends are like those two disciples. 
hasn't yet made sense to them. They haven't yet pieced it all together. They've maybe heard something but haven't seen the difference it will make to them. They haven't fully understood the good news about Jesus. They're still living in Friday, but hey, Sunday's coming. And when we think about Jubilee, when we think about this church, when we think about us here in Derby, the church plant we've launched in Burton just down the road, we want both Jubilee and Burton as well to be an attractional church where guests and believers alike can come, are welcomed, can experience the very presence of God and either start and begin or continue their journey of faith. That's the sort of church we want to be. But as well as that, as well as having people come in, friends, we need to go and tell. As well as having people come, we need to go and tell the good news. In Mark's telling of the Easter story, we're told that the angel said to the women, but go, tell his disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you'll see him, just as he told you. And I think the message for many of us this morning is this. But go. But go and tell. Go and tell. Go and tell. Yes, we want to invite people to come. But as well as that, we need to go and tell. So I want to ask you, are you going and telling? Are you telling? Are you looking to engage with those who are currently far from God, maybe in a different place in their journey of faith. Go and tell. Tell your story. Tell what Jesus has done for you. Tell them the difference that he's made in your life. Go and tell. As well as invite to come. So over this Easter time, and indeed into, this, into the next year, let's be a come and see church. But let's make sure we also go and tell. We need both. And if you're here this morning as a guest, a visitor, maybe you come with a friend, maybe you just thought, I'm just going to show up this morning and see what it's all about, then you are so welcome. It's great to have you here. If we can help you in any way on your journey of faith, if you've got some questions or you'd like to know more, then please do come and see one of us afterwards. As I say, come and grab a copy of Why Jesus or sign up for the Alpha course. But this Easter, make some steps to explore. Make some steps to ask questions. Make some steps to find out what it can mean for you. Let's stand together. I'm going to pray. If the band can come back, please. Love us to finish our time together by celebrating and uh, rejoicing together. The good news about Jesus, if somebody could let the Frog Club know we're just about to sing our final song, that would be great. Thank you, Ray. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this Easter time. We thank you for this opportunity to celebrate and rejoice. We thank you that you paid the price. We thank you, Jesus, that you took on yourself the punishment that should have been ours. Thank you that you stood in our place. And because of your death and your resurrection, 
we can now have our relationship with God restored. Life eternal when we die, and life in all its fullness as you designed now. What good news, and we thank you for it. We thank you for it. Lord, in, just in these moments, we want to pray for our brothers and sisters, believers around the world, who don't on this Easter Sunday morning have the same freedom to gather and to celebrate as we do. Lord, as they celebrate Easter in maybe more hidden ways, we pray for you to bless them at this Easter time. We pray for you to sustain them and to keep them safe. God, we pray that your spirit will be upon them mightily and they would know grace for the situation they find themselves in. And Lord, we thank you that we have a freedom to gather. We have a freedom to celebrate and declare that you are Lord. And we want to declare it once again that you are. We thank you for your goodness and your love. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship together. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday morning.